one, two, one, two. Hey, what's up, party people? Welcome back to the Homegrown Podcast. On this episode, we sat down with Ben and Jason from Sunday Swerve. Sunday Swerve is a, uh, a DJ streaming collective that you can uh, view on Facebook.com slash Sunday Swerve. Bunch of live DJ sets, bunch of destination sets, bunch of good music. So we really loved uh, talking to these guys about what goes on behind the scenes there. I think you're going to love it too. But before we jump in, I do want to give a shout out again to our sponsor, Excellent Studios out in Hollywood. They make sound packs. If you go to Excellent Sound, spelled X-L-N-T, excellentsound.com, you will find a bunch of dope sample libraries. If you are a producer and you want to make some music, you can get 15% off by using the coupon code liquefied at checkout. So check those guys out, use the code, and if you're ever out in LA want to do a studio session, mention liquefied and they will hook you up. But anyways, without any further ado, check it out. This is our podcast with the dudes from Sunday Swerve. Yeah, what's up, you dirty freaks? Welcome back to the podcast. We got the Sunday Swerve mofos on this one. Uh, sitting here with Jason and Ben. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It's uh, a brutal cold day here in the ATL, uh, complete with 72 wrecks on the freeway. So nothing new here, but I um, want to introduce you to these guys. They have been, I don't really know. We're going to find out. I'm going to find out, too. But they do a Sunday Swerve, which is what originally led me to get in touch with them. And Sunday Swerve, if you don't already know, is basically a live DJ stream, which has looks like it's you guys have been having some success lately. It mm -hmm. seems like it's really fun. I tune in from time to time. Even if I'm not available on a Sunday, I'll definitely catch it. Uh, either in my news feed or maybe I'll go check it out and see what's going on. But it's very um, fun. It's aesthetically pleasing. I don't know who did the design. I'm going to assume it's you because yeah. you're rocking a green. <laughs> and it's kind of got a little green theme. I really love your CDJs that you got there. And um, it just it all kind of makes sense. It's good branding. It's good fun. It's good people. You got lots of good acts coming through. And it's great exposure. And it's just cool overall. I mean, I want to talk to you guys as individuals outside of this, but this is definitely something that I'm interested in, we're interested in, and um, I'd love to hear kind of how it started, how you guys met, and then kind of, you know, where you're headed. I mean, gosh, you, I've seen some, like, destinations you guys are going to, and, you know, I've seen other, you know, what, what is it? Beatport does some really cool Sir Clay. Yeah, I've seen like people DJing on mountaintops with drones flying around and shit. Mm -hmm. And I know that's in the back of you guys' mind. We already have one. Shit. Fuck yeah. Yep, yep, nice. yep. So, Jason, let's start with you. Um, where does this all come from? Where are you from? And kind of what are you doing here in Atlanta? And how did Sunday Swerve start? Yeah, so um, me personally, um, I've been in uh, Atlanta most of my life in Georgia. Um, since I was like five or six. And uh, um, I guess the, the whole Sunday Swerve um, came about from my passion as a artist and DJ. Um, 
I had some amazing friends introduce me to DJing and that uh, kind of sparked my interest in, in just the, the art and the electronic music scene. Um, and then as, as time went on uh, and I continued to perfect my craft, I you know wanted to get out there and be able to play for people. And I've, I found that that was kind of a, a little bit of a struggle to do, not really uh, having that, that social network uh, in place. And so um, I thought it'd be... A, what kind of time frames are we talking here? Like, uh, I, I, is this something you recently started DJing? Yeah, or? okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, I started DJing probably about four years ago. Um, and then uh, after, you know, a couple of years of, of doing that... Um, I, you know, was really yearning to, you know, be more involved in the, the network and the, the community. And it's just a difficult thing to do, you know, in a, a late night sit, uh, setting. I'd, you know, met same person like 10 times and it was just like kind of a struggle. So, um, so I don't want to just glaze through this important, okay. you know, manifestation of who you are today. I kind of am interested in also in how you know, why did you decide DJing was your thing? How did you get into electronic music? Like, what was inspiring? Where were you going? <clears throat> Who were you hearing out? And then what made you think that, hey, I can do this too? Yeah, so um, I've always, you know, been involved in music. I uh, grew up uh, playing the cello. Um, I taught myself how to play guitar. Um, so music is always something that's been a big part of my life. Um, and ever since, you know, maybe I was in like high school, I'd always heard um, like electronic music, like you could go into like a Abercrombie and Fitch or a Hollister and hear like a little bit of uh, electronic music. And I always liked it, but didn't really know how to figure out the name of a song because it's all, you know, instrumental, um, at least back in that time. And so um, as I was uh, kind of starting to find my way into some electronic music, uh, a group of my friends, and this is maybe in like 2012 or so, um, started going to uh, shows. We went to uh, Iris was like the first place that I ever went to. And I... Was this at Believe or was this th like one this of the was This was at the old venue. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Rush all. Lounge. Rush Lounge, yeah. yeah. So this is at Rush, Rush Lounge and uh, loved everything about it. Um, I actually uh, got really into uh, gloving for a while mm -hmm. and I, I was super, super Sick. into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've definitely been hypnotized a few times. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, after a, uh, a while going to some shows, um, meeting some people, uh, a couple of mutual friends brought some of their mutual friends that were a lot more engaged in the scene. Um, and one time they came over and they brought their little controller board and they were DJing. And I was like, man, I love gloving, but I, I would like to be the person curating the vibe for the night. Um, and so, you know, I borrowed one of my friend's uh, controllers for a couple months. And then he was like, yeah. I'm going to need that back. And I was like, well, I can't not have one now that I've been sitting here DJing. Um, so that's kind of where I started uh, DJing. That was, you know, around four years ago. So let me recap that. You first discovered music out of Abercrombie and Fitch, and then you went to Hollister and then started finding your way. Was this pre-Shazam? Uh, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> I love your facial expressions, man. Look at the camera real quick. Look at this dude. He's got a, he looks like he just saw the Ark of the Covenant right now. <laughs> I love this guy. Um, I was just fucking around about the Abercrombie thing, but I know what you mean, man. That place, like, you know, they definitely have those beats. But was Shazam four years ago? They, Shazam's been around for like They've been around for a while. Years, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine life before Shazam? 
it really kind of is a game changer. You can't hide your tracks anymore. There's just everyone in the right. club. Just I do it for sure. I'll mm -hmm. stand there. And I was watching my friend do it last night at Nero. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, well, what really when you were gloving, or I mean, I don't know if you still do, or at that time when you first got into it, what was Iris throwing down that you were digging? Was there like genres or artists that you're into or just everything oh so i mean i like all music but um i actually grew up uh, a hip-hop baby i'd listen to pretty much exclusively like rap and hip-hop so um around that time was really when edm trap started kind of being a thing and as soon as i kind of identified what that genre was called and the artists that were um uh, playing music and producing music uh that's when i kind of really like uh got into the zone and determined my taste of what I liked. And uh, I remember actually seeing uh, uh, Buku at uh, Iris uh, at Rush Lounge, which was one of my favorite producers at the time. And I went there and saw him, and it was actually, like, probably one of the worst sets that I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, cool. now we go see him, and he's super incredible. I think this was, you know, he got really big off of a few songs. Isn't he coming to town, like, soon? Yeah, in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, super, super talented uh, artist. But I think this was like one of his first shows, like ever DJing. Um, so that was a, a cool experience to see him and love his music so much, even though it wasn't like the best performance. But even just seeing how much he's progressed and grown, um, you know, is inspirational for me. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like my musical taste is a little bit more uh, experimental, uh, trap based bass music. Um, but once I kind of figured out that and I knew some artists and I, you know, was able to get a control board for myself. Um, I started mixing and I just loved that. It was like a intoxicating to be able to feel like you could control the the vibe, the atmosphere of a room, even if it's at, you know, your house or mm -hmm. a party or at a club. So it's mm -hmm. so something that's really cool um, to, to be able to do. So that's what like really got me uh, moving in that direction. Um, to, to DJ and I, I did leave gloving behind. I put in a lot of time and a lot of hours in it. I can still glove a little bit, but I've seen him throw a good show down every now and then gloving. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I lacked must the, the endurance for it, but uh, uh, I can still do it a little bit. So, um, and then you know, DJing wise, you know, I spent a ton of time learning, practicing. You know, the same thing like I did with gloving. Probably sometimes maybe an unhealthy amount of time uh, invested in it. And um, actually got into the position to, uh, or had some friends suggest a few DJ competitions they'd seen uh, posted. So uh, the first show I actually uh, was able to play at was at um, a show in Charlotte. Uh, it was uh, opening for Brightside and uh, Ganja White Knight. And uh, that was awesome just because I, you know, made, recorded a really good mix and, uh, the, the guys up there uh, put me on. Um, it's, uh, it was uh, Sam Throckmorton, who's, uh, they run Soma Entertainment up in Charlotte, and they're really amazing people. So um, I guess after uh, I did that, I actually won a couple other DJ competitions. They got me my first you know few sets. Um, so that gave me like a lot of confidence to keep going. I got to actually, you know, come full circle and I got to play on the main stage at Iris before uh, Mantis, which Paul and Taylor from Mantis are amazing people who have become really close friends over the years. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of uh, kept fueling the fire for me mm -hmm. to want to keep doing more and more and more. Um, but, you know, there's that crossover where, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that 
you sit there and, you know, you want to get in this like network of people and it takes a lot of time and a lot of late nights and not always the most productive late nights. So, um, that's where I started to move a little bit more towards, you know, trying to curate something where, um, artists aspiring or established, you know, could have a, a medium, not just to, you know, perform, but also to meet other artists and network. So that's kind of where Sunday Swerve uh, started was with that kind of passion. It started, um, you know, in a, my guest room, you know, uh, and I just had like a webcam, just a single webcam, um, tried to figure out like a direct audio because I was like, nobody's going to watch this if it's like mm -hmm. a recording of audio on a phone. Um, and it just kind of, I just added like component and upgraded and tried to figure stuff out as I went along because with, uh, you know, live streaming, you know, especially kind of like what we do right now, there's not really a, a manual or a handbook. Dude, uh, this is it. a lot of trial and error right here. Exactly. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say you could probably relate to this oh, because yeah. there's not like a, a good guide. I mean, I sourced from uh, so many different places to be able to get something established that was was quality enough that I was like, if I wouldn't even want to watch it, then why would anybody else? So I uh, kept building on that, you know, um, and just slowly upgraded. And then uh, uh, as I built my knowledge uh, base, that's when, um, you know, people started taking some interest as we were starting. Did you to, always have those white CDJs? I'm, I'm, I was about to get okay. to that. Yeah, yeah. So um, originally I had, uh, you, you know, a... a Mixtrack Pro 2, which was borrowed from my friend. Then I went to a um, Tractor S2. And then I got uh, my first pair of CDJs. It was the XDJ 1000 and then a DJM 900 uh, Nexus Mixer. The evolution of the DJ. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually funny as my brother mixes on that new mark he had now. The mix track? Yeah. I'm surprised that thing still works, man. <laughs> it, it does. It's solid. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, definitely played its role in a lot of people learning the DJ, so that's awesome. Um, so then uh, after I had the, the XDJ1000s and the DJM900, I... I've always like just loved super like clean, uh, simplistic kind of modern styling, and I saw the white ones uh, limited edition come up uh, for sale. Was that maybe like a year or you know, two? It had to be two. over two years. Yeah, ago, it was like it was, we've met and you had those. Yeah, it was like I, I think I got maybe like two in a few months, two years in a few months, maybe is when they came out, um, and I just got the the one mixer. They sold them as a set with the two CDJs, and uh, you know, a couple months went by and I was like, well, man, if I want to have four decks at some point in time, then gonna I'm going to be, weird. yeah, I'm going to be out of luck on having that. So clean instead look. of buying a new car, I'm going to get the full blown setup. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I see where my priorities lie. It's good though, <laughs> man. I like that. That's cool. I mean, yeah. I used to, uh, sell CDJs actually for years and, I always drooled all over those things too, man. I got those <laughs> platinum ones. Um, any day now, I would think Pioneer is getting close to being releasing a, a Mark III, but I kind of hope they don't because, to be honest, those the ones that they have out right now are pretty legit. They kind of do basically everything you need done. Um, I have uh, more questions for you, but I'm curious mm -hmm. to do both of you. Um, and I know you haven't said anything yet, but <laughs> dude, you're about to jump in here. Bro. <laughs> I'll get there when I'm ready. Um, but let's say uh, there was a new white 
uh, CDJ Nexus 3 coming out. Is there anything you would want added to it, or could you imagine something different? Um, I think, you know, like you said, I think that the, the equipment that is in existence right now is is really solid. Um, it really does almost everything you need. Now, um, there's uh, some good competition out there that is, they're integrating a lot more um, technology. Uh, I think it'd be really awesome to not even have to plug in a flash drive. Maybe you have your music on your phone and Bluetooth connection or, you know, uh, I know that you can now. I think with- you can actually do that. I think you can. I think you just haven't tried it yet. I think you actually can record box uh, right into the yeah 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 with a with a with a cable. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah yeah. So yeah, I've done that. Um, but I think it'd be cool to just kind of be uh, like completely removed from having to use a wire. You know, yeah. I actually think you can do that too. Can you honestly? Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't done it in a long time, but I was able to do that uh, a long time ago. I did work for Pioneer for some time as well, actually too, and. Um, I think on the top there is actually, uh, gosh, I haven't done it in a while. Try it out. Okay. Look at it. Google it. Google that shit. Actually, you could do it right now, Jamie. (laughs) Pull that up, Jamie. Yeah. We'll give you some time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, even from, you know, linking the CDJs, I mean, you still have to use a Ethernet cable to link them so you can get your music pulled on, you know, each of the CDJs there. So, you know, if that technology is there where the Bluetooth Mm -hmm. is, I need to, you know, do some more research on it. you definitely have to give gigantic credit to the fact that stability is absolute key. And I can tell you in the history of all my DJing, the only time the CDJs have fucked up is been my fault or someone breaking them or one time they fucked up, but it was user error because we had them out in the beating sun when they like overheated. So that is a big fear. For the most part, CDJs are pretty tried and true. Have you ever had a failure on one before? No. It's like while you're playing. No. The only uh, the only inconsistency I've noticed is um, it's almost like you know what the the crush filter is, where it mm-hmm. kind of makes it distorted. Mm-hmm. Every so often, one of the decks will kind of have that. In, in the background and it's there's no effects on um it's isolated to a single cdj so it's something you know with the hardware or the firmware that mm-hmm. does that but a quick reboot handles it but i've never really had anything mm. um with you know any cdjs that were in good working condition they were maintained not beat up you know mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i've not really had any issues with them beyond that one little bug and uh I, I don't know even how you fix that. I, I know that some other uh, people had had that issue because I, I looked it up, um, and it's one of those, well, if we can't reproduce it, then we can't fix it kind of deals. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very, very, very sporadic. But no, I mean, no no issues with the equipment. It's it's phenomenal. The, do you play, Ben? I do, actually. Mm-hmm. I actually just played la- Friday night. Okay. I played at this new place called, what was it, Visional Studios? Yeah, Vision yeah, Studios. Vision Studios out in, um, what's it called? In Chambly. It's this new, really cool little venue. It's like a little warehouse. They've put a huge sound system in there, way bigger for the, than the venue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I play pretty. I don't play as often as I used to, but definitely. On CDJs? Yeah. What's your style? Uh, definitely like deep dub, experimental bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed, I'd say you guys do a pretty good job at having bunches of different genres come through, but. I do feel like the majority is more of the bass-centric kind of... When I tune in, it seems to be 
that I mean they should maybe even have a genre weird bass. <laughs> I mean I've I think it's definitely a genre. I think it's actually really big here in Atlanta, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on why. Um, I, I I travel a fair amount, and I've been in love with electronic music since I was 18 years old. So anytime I'm anywhere, I want to go out and hear and look and check out what the scene is going on and feel like uh, bass music is very big here and may not be in other parts of the country or maybe the world. And I'm curious why you guys think that might might be. For experimental bass in Atlanta, definitely is probably one of the biggest spots beside Denver. And I think one of the main reasons is, is you have such a, it's, I don't know, it's like a hub for all music in Atlanta. And a lot of experimental bass has a little bit of that trap, hip-hop vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's Atlanta. When you hear Atlanta, you think trap, hip-hop, rap. And you can, I don't know, it's just what I, what I hear when I, when I think that. True. Yeah, yeah. The dirty motherfucking South. Would you agree with that there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the dirty South definitely has a love for uh, bass music just because, I mean, that's what hip-hop is rooted in, this big fat 808 beats, you know? Totally. Who are some of you guys' uh, influences musically? I would definitely say Whittler is probably one of my biggest influences. I love everything he has produced. Um, got me into the scene was probably people like Flostradamus and Trap like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. My first show ever was 2016 with Flostradamus and Slushy at the Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went and saw two people who I probably will never want to see again, which is Carnage and Datsik, and for <laughs> New Year's Eve. But that was, uh, th- it was, you know, there's quite the, uh, quite, those were probably, Datsik was probably one of my other bigger influences too before, you know. The sexual harassment stuff? Uh, yeah. So did his set suck or you don't want to see him because of like the... I don't think know, I'm going to get the opportunity to see him again. Mm. I mean, did you hear he was like making a comeback now? Right? I saw the picture <laughs> and the video. Uh, yeah, I think he was maybe attempting, but Trying I don't know. Yeah. Society's not going to let him. Yeah, I don't I, think so. I, I think that, you know, he's. Uh, would you go see him for free if he played the tabernacle next weekend? I couldn't. I couldn't support him. Damn, that's it. Sorry, bro. Looks like it's a no go for you, man. Do not collect $200. Do not pass go. But if you want to ghost produce for me, bro. I might give you half of that shit. Exactly, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's where I think he he had a he had a spot ad, which is he could have still been relevant, but just not be the the face of a an artist and a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, I really was thinking he was ghost producing Brando. So, do you guys have any like super insider info, or are you just as like in the dark as me and about the allegations and stuff? No, uh, I got nothing. Nothing, nothing. Okay. Just, outside you know. of you know what's you want on some Facebook? more water, dude. I'm okay right now. Okay, cool. Just holler at Jamie if you need anything, man. We got you covered. Um, but, uh, yeah, so who, if you could, you know, get anyone on the swerve, who would it be? Top three. Oh, man. That. That's a hard question. That's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's like when you asked him, you know, who are your biggest influences? It's like, I don't, I don't even know if I can answer that question because there's just so many. Did your head explode just now? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, uh, I had a, a notepad in my phone. I think I still have it somewhere in here um, of like my favorite producers and artists because people would always ask me and they just like, uh, it's just like an overload in my head because there's just so many incredible. Uh, are we saying copyright strikes are off? 
Because <laughs> if right. copyright strikes are that's, off, that's accurate too. I would probably pick at least a test pilot set. I absolutely love everything about test pilot. You know and, what? I just realized. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't even think about this. Um, when I run the show, I make sure and play all unreleased, unsigned, original music that no one's heard. How are you guys even getting by on Facebook? <clears throat> because so, I've had things be flagged all the time. A large amount of the artists we book are underground bass, the weird bass, and none of that's really ever signed. And the record labels that are don't put them in engines. Mm. So... Mm-hmm. Right. At that point, like they're not looking for it. We're not going to get hit with a copyright or a flag normally. Normally. What do the flags look like for you guys? I mean, certainly you get them from time to time, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, through Facebook, Facebook is a little bit um, more lenient than uh, a YouTube, for example. Are you guys on YouTube as well? We, we are. are. Yeah. yeah. Do you and have so, a following on YouTube that you do on Facebook? No, our, our YouTube is, is much newer. Um, I think we just cracked 100 subs. Yeah. Like today or yesterday? Right, though. Keep it going, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so our YouTube is pretty uh, way behind Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we started our YouTube uh, much uh, later than we did uh, Facebook or any of our other social media. And one of those reasons was because of the uh, copyright um, issues uh, that they they would have because, you know, on Facebook, we can stream, not have our stream interrupted. If there's a copyright flag, um, it will either mute the stream and uh, after it's like done, it's over with, they'll mute that section of the stream. So or, just a section. So if you do an hour and right, there's correct. like a Bruno Mars song on there, it'll just chop out that five minutes? Right. Yeah. Or it will just end it and we'll have to restart a new stream. And so that's that was a struggle that we've we've had with some artists uh, really looking at like uh, you know house music because it is so popular, so well-known, and so well-represented. Um, when we have a, a house performance come through, it's usually going to get hit with several copyright strikes. And so, uh, while we all love different, uh, genres of music, you know, that's one of the reasons that we've also gravitated towards this underground bass scene is because a lot of these guys are very talented. They make their own music. They have their homies music that they want to put on. And that kind of really is reflective of what I wanted to do when we started Sunday Swerve. I wanted to, you know, be able to put on people that maybe aren't getting the exposure, that aren't, uh, that are just incredibly talented, that maybe don't have a platform um, from which to say, this is what I'm about. Um, So, you know, that, that's, that was one of the reasons that we've also kind of gravitated in that direction. But um, YouTube, for example, uh, a stream where we get no copyright strikes on Facebook, um, we have had several videos that they are like, you guys can't even upload this. Mm-hmm. So um, that's you one reason. You don't do the live stream on YouTube? No, no. we're not doing the live stream. Why? Because of that. Because of the copyright yeah. strikes? Yeah, because they'll, I mean, they'll flag and close our account, whereas if we upload it, they'll just let us know that we can't or we can't monetize. And so, uh, you know, I think that um, for some of these other groups like, you know, Mixmag or um, Sir Clay, for example, um, they're... I think Mixmag is like actually owned by like Anheuser Busch. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I think I looked that up. Um, that's who currently owns uh, the, the the name, and so they're that's able. Weird. Yeah, and so well, it's an it's an investment, and so they're able to you know get the clearance to be able to play these tracks. Whereas 
if we were to do it, we'd have to, you know, pay for uh, all the licensing to be able to, to live stream it. Um, Which that's something that you guys probably should be like looking towards. It, yeah, right? yeah, it is. At yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. It definitely is. It's the same kind of licensing you'd need to run a club, though. So that's like twenty, thirty thousand dollar investment. One day, I mean, hey, One look, day. the world is your fucking oyster with this thing, and there's not that. This is still new. There's not that many people actually doing it. You could do Sunday swerve bass music, Saturday swerve house music. You know, <laughs> and then every day's a swerve day. You know, I mean. Atlanta is a hub. People are coming in from all over. You could start getting bigger guests, and you know maybe it'll cost money. But hey, I think you guys are definitely going in the right direction, and you know the shows are getting better and better and better. Um, so, do they ever take your videos down on Facebook? Yeah, uh, Facebook. We've never had anything taken down. We've had um, some videos that are you know maybe months years old that have uh we've been sent a notification that something was flagged in their system um and at which point they just mute that specific section mm. which i think would be a, a great alternative to for youtube as opposed to just saying no you can't do anything with it i mean just mute that section mm -hmm. you know or uh, offer us an opportunity to replace that like specific section um, but that's that's not the way that it is on YouTube at the moment, at least. Um, and so Facebook doesn't really have any policy uh, that's like, hey, if you do this so many times, then, well, guess what? Now you're banned from doing this. Their system, I think, is a much more user-friendly, content creator-friendly version um, than what, uh, what YouTube's got right now. Um, and I know that for a little while there, uh, Facebook was pretty harsh, but I think that Facebook had some sort of agreement um, with uh, some of the rights holders to some of the music. <clears throat> and uh, I think that that like opened up a lot more opportunities. So that's like something from like a Facebook perspective. It wouldn't be that much of a uh, an endeavor for them to get clearance from these brands in order to support, um, you know, the, the content creators. Uh, but, you know, that's, uh, that's something that's... Uh, you know, a little bit out of the, the, the price point for the budget that uh, we're trying to spend at this moment. <laughs> oh, totally. So. Yeah, Facebook is um, definitely trying to make their live platform like a, uh, what's the word here? Not a monopoly, but just, you know, if do you ever, re like I use Restream for this podcast and I will Restream to YouTube live and to Mixer and to Twitch and everything all at once and, you know, all of the other platforms let you do it. Facebook doesn't. Uh, so Yeah, I, I've been gaming streaming recently, and I've been having to use OBS to um, right. OBS Streamlabs. Mm -hmm. And that let, if I do Twitch first, I can get around it and go to Facebook, but otherwise I right. can't really do Facebook and Twitch even mm -hmm. at the same time. What games are you playing, dude? Right now it's been a lot of Minecraft mm. and the new Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. How do you like that? Oh my god, it's probably the best one since like high school. What do you think about the soundtrack? Do you like the music on there? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine uh, wrote the soundtrack to that and just recently won an award for best video game soundtrack. So shout out Sarah. There it is again. Second mention. I was about to say I remember <laughs> hearing the first mention. <laughs> yeah, did you? With yeah, Abe? I've, I've listened to every podcast. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was funny. Um, yeah, Abe loved her. Abe was like, oh my God, I sent her a friend request. And I, <laughs> uh, 
that's cool. Well, awesome, man. I'm glad to have you, dude. You got any questions for me? Then, if you heard every podcast, <laughs> do you know my cat's name? <laughs> Ziggy. I actually <laughs> forgot that. <laughs> Ziggy and Mr. Griswold Lee, man. They had all my Thanksgiving dinner the other day. Did you guys uh, visit family for Thanksgiving, or it was actually there? my fiance's family's last holiday in town? They're moving to Portland, so we made sure to kind of enjoy some time oh, with wow, them. Okay, yeah. You got a brother, Jeremy, right? I do, actually, is yeah. Is he a DJ? He is a very talented progressive house DJ. Nice. Extremely talented. Is he talented. older than you? Younger. He's 21, 22, somewhere okay. around there. You know, it all blurs together once you hit 20. Mm-hmm. Cool. So he wants to, he's doing his thing. How long has he been playing for? It's only been about a year. He's Like I said, he's been learning on Jason's nice. old Newmark mix track, which I learned What up, on. Jeremy? <laughs> we'll get you in here one day. You should totally. Yeah, he yeah, would, yeah. He yeah, would be a great We tried guy. to have you in here, uh, but we just don't have the room. For it right now, as you can see, I mean, I don't, I don't want him sitting right here. That'd be just. Oh, like, he's way too big to be sitting in that corner. <laughs> yeah, we only have like four mics, and it costs a lot of money just to get another freaking microphone in here. Um, Got to keep that quality up, son. But uh, what about you? Did you go home for? Where's home for you? Uh, home for me is in Athens right now. Um, Athens, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah after I uh, there? yeah, my my parents live out there now. Um, I grew up in like Gwinnett County. So what uh, high school did you go to? Brookwood. I went to Decula. Decula. You know okay. where that is? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. I went to UGA too, man. Go dogs. Right on, right on. Yeah. Go blue. I, I I am. I am. Uh I actually went to Georgia Southern down in Statesboro. Mm-hmm. And when I was down there, my parents were moving up to mm-hmm. Athens. So cool. Um so yeah, that's where home was. So yeah, had a good uh Thanksgiving. I don't think I've ever uh shouted out the dogs on the podcast. Fucking Go dogs! <laughs> yeah, we got a LSU this weekend. Actually, is that this weekend or next? That is n- this, weekend, this weekend. I think. Ooh, yeah, it's a big one. Anyways, we're a little off subject here, but you know what? I was curious in how you actually get the audio into your live streams. How does that work? Um, so right now, um, we're running uh, on the back of the mixer. There's like a record out. It's RCA, so it gets you know a little bit of uh, degraded audio as opposed to just a digital signal. Um, and we're running that through a, an Apollo Twin audio interface. So um, that's how we're routing our audio. Um, and that's on the Nexus 2, um, the only way that we have to do it right now. So, But on the, the DJM 900 Nexus 1, you can actually run from the, um, the digital out. Oh, is that mixer. white setup 2 or 1? What do you mean, two? The Nexus? It's a Nexus 2. Yeah, it's all Nexus 2. Yeah, correct, correct, yeah. Um, But on the actual, like, original 900 Nexus, you can pull digital, like, USB straight out of the mixer. Um, Mm. But Pioneer has not released an audio driver for you to be able to do that with the Nexus 2. That seems strange. Right. Have you ever used the app Pioneer DJM REC? I have it downloaded on my phone, and I have... Attempted to use it one time. But. It's supposed to give you the 96k audio out of there, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, live stream as well. Yeah, yeah, and but I think that that is if you're going to use the phone as your streaming device, right. where we then not. have to somehow finagle a phone signal into a. Right, it is weird. What are you using as your streaming device? Um, right now, we're using a. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a Dell. Um, computer it's just got you know a i7 processor um for the video we're running a Maytool capture card oh you're actually using an a, oh a computer with the webcam uh yeah well we're using a computer with a capture card so 
Um, originally, we were using a bunch of webcams, but with a, a USB connection and each hub that's on a computer, there's only so much throughput. So you're capping out. Like on my personal laptop, we could only run two cameras. Um, on this desktop, uh, we can we, we were able to do four, sometimes five, mm. but it just ends up being so much throughput through you know, and it bottlenecks the data. Um, so we have what's a, called a capture card, and it basically lets you record video. Um, ours is an HDMI capture card. You can get SDI um, if that's your uh, poison. And so uh, we run uh, two Canon G40 um, camcorders, which are basically like a high-end consumer, like prosumer kind of camcorder, um, and then a couple GoPros, and then we also have the, the drone that we use. Um, but those can all be routed through the computer with a capture card. So if you think about a computer having a, a graphics card so you can get video out and process video, this is just to do the same thing but in reverse. So it does all the processing and heavy lifting so it doesn't clog up the computer. So you can uh, bring, in, bring in, you know, 4 1080p mm-hmm. uh, quality lines and the computer doesn't have to encode all those and right. yeah and do all that work which was What's the connection through that capture card through your computer is it It's US? it's a PCI Express so mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, card that's you know running right. directly into it cuz i mean there's no other way that it'd be able to put that kind of uh, mm-hmm. data transfer through Well what do you do for your like um, your destinations I've uh, seen you guys in the woods and shit. Yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, so I've I actually, uh, you know, multi-purpose purchase, but um, I bought a uh, Honda generator. It's a two thousand watt generator. Um, it's super quiet. It's worth every penny. I got know? one of them shits too. Yeah, and it was like I got it for like festivals so that we could have power if we wanted to like throw a little you know uh, sound camp setup. up right. <laughs> yeah, and then you know it also serves the purpose of giving us the power that we need. And so when we go on destination, we just pop that little guy like around the corner and just run our power out. Mm. So, so you bring your computer and just plug it into that, like yep. normal. The yep. little desk setup. We just we we have the whole living room just like mobile. So Sick. we just pulled the living room. Couches, everything. Right? <laughs> so three cameras you're rocking. Um, we do so uh, for the streams that are in the uh, the the hexagon room. That's uh, typically two camcorders and then two GoPros. So we'll have like an aerial view of the decks. We'll have the the wide angle fish uh, fish lens in the front. And then we'll have two camcorders, which are mobile. We've got um, some wireless transmitters uh, for the camcorders that were not, you know, held on, held down on a line. Um, but you know, sometimes, you know, and I, I guess that kind of goes back to the uh, the Bluetooth technology or whatever in a mixer. It's like, you know, there's nothing that really beats a hard line in mm-hmm. in terms of reliability. Um, Those wireless HDMI things are a pain to yeah. start up. <laughs> well, you, well, honestly, uh, so the the last time that we tried to use them um, for an actual like uh, tr- uh, uh, a destination stream, they just like refused to cooperate and would not work at all. So I was like, okay, well, you know, we just always have backup. We have like you know hundreds of feet of HDMI. So I was like, all right, well, we'll just you know hardwire them. Um, got back home and I was like, all right, I'm figuring out what is up with these transmitters, busted out the manual and I like turned them on and they just like started working immediately. So I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, no idea. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're pain in the, the butt trying to troubleshoot, but they're awesome to be, you know, completely wireless for, for our destinations. Um, so what's your favorite destination so far? 
And have you had any technical difficulties? Oh, the dock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, so uh, on the technical difficulty note, um, we were uh, doing a stream uh, from our buddy uh, Cody Chess. Who Shout is, out Spin and Chill. Yeah, Spin and Chill Radio. He's super uh, awesome dude. And, you know, talking to that knowledge of how to assemble all this stuff, he's like the only other person that I've met that, like, knows everything when I'm talking about stuff uh, that I do. He's, he's an amazing uh, dude and an awesome resource. Um, but we did a stream uh, up in Lake Lanier from his dock, and we're running hard lines. And uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, we, we were trying to drop some lines because he had a two-story dock, and was trying to drop some lines down around the side, and they like dipped in water, and then we were like out half of our cables. Yeah, <laughs> we were like just flipping them around, like what is gonna work? Yeah. We we got it eventually. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. We yeah, that was that was not a great time. Um, my, I think I was stuck on like a two, less than like a foot HDMI cable flying the drone from underneath the dock because yeah. I couldn't get up because we didn't have enough cable left over <laughs> for me to watch the yeah, drone while was, I flew it. We made, we made it work. We I think we ended up what pushing that stream back like maybe an hour and a half yeah. or something. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god. So is that drone? It's obviously wireless, right? Mm -hmm. It is wireless it runs on an hdmi cable from the back of the controller itself into the computer like under any the other card, under right. the capture card and then the drone itself yeah it's completely wireless flying um and there's no delay not particularly no yeah there's a marginal amount but it's it's nothing that you'd be able to notice um but yeah so, so the audio basically goes in and that's its own thing and then you can just flip through Right. The, yeah. And we can adjust the latency of the camera so that if the, um, like we usually uh, run like 500 MS delay on the cameras so that the audio usually comes in, you know, half second faster. Um, so that just to keep it in sync so it doesn't look like somebody like turns up the knob and then like half a second later the audio comes on. That's cool. That's some real technical shit. I'm sure that you've really had to like learn as this goes, as, yep. as have I, but... Where's your next destination? That sounds... Oh, like man. Cool. Well, I just kind of teased it on a Facebook post today. We have the 40-ounce crew coming through next Sunday with Providence Canyon, which is... They're actually playing at Iris the night before. We've booked all of these. We've at least booked Tango before. Mm -hmm. And he hit me up, was like, are you guys free this weekend to have like, a stream? I'm like, I'm not sure. Let me get back to you. The original person we had booked has had a serious family emergency, so he was like, I was like, yeah, we can work in, and we're going down to Providence Canyon. There's like a Facebook post actually circling about it right now that says, meet Georgia's little Grand Canyon. So what do you do if it's pouring down rain? Um, you know, we, we always uh, pray for, for dryness, you know. Driftwood. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so if it rains, you just but do there it. But at this, at this uh, particular spot, um, we try to have, you know, some sort of covered alternative. So at this particular location, they do have a, a pavilion. So we may not get the epic, you know, drone footage that we want, um, but we'd still, you know, try and do uh, the, the best we can with what we got to work with. Um, I'll say next Sunday, it looks clear south but atlanta has oh, come rain. come on you can't trust the weather more than i know <laughs> one, one night out <laughs> the weatherman in atlanta needs to be fired right it is a just very inaccurate i must say or at least the app that i use on my phone whatever weather app that i have is always just totally off it's it's really just a random number generator <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's december december and january in atlanta are not 
the best months for going outside it's and playing great volleyball for my birthday. Mm-hmm. It when is, is your great. birthday, bro? Seventeen. How old are you going to be? Twenty six. Oh shit! Going Wait. to see of the trees, and then secret recipes opening, and he's coming through to play the swerve afterwards. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet. Yep. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, that's a. Quite a few birthdays right there. My little brother's birthday is the 18th, and then uh, J Mac, who's uh, our scene switcher, he's the guy that's like behind the can or behind the screen running the mm-hmm. computer. Um, his birthday is actually on the 18th as well, so Ooh, nice. we're gonna have to. We gotta have a party at the something. house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. Who's the most technical? Would you say uh, that you've seen so far, like on the CDJs? Do you see people really fucking up the effects and everything? Dice man. Uh, so yeah, I would, I'd say uh, Dice Man, uh, Miso, Misos, and then um, uh, Barbosa, DJ Barbosa. I, I wasn't there for that, but watching it no, was he, pretty interesting. Yeah, no, when I um, so there's like this like kind of scale I have in my mind of you know how well somebody like utilizes the equipment because I've got it in my living room. I know almost everything that it can do. Uh, I've spent a lot of time on it. So when I hear an artist go in and they're using, you know, specific combinations of effects, like it just piques my ear because you don't hear that a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, anytime somebody catches my atten- attention while we're doing a stream, I'm just like, I'm not going to forget you. So that was Barbosa, Miso, okay. um, and Dice Man, right? Yeah. Dice Man. But, I mean, yeah, we've seen tons and tons of uh, amazingly talented artists, but, you know, those are some of the ones that come to, to mind for me in terms of utilization of the equipment. Nice. Is Miso named after a soup, or is that just like... I actually found out the story behind his name, because I hung out with all of them at Electric Forest this past year. Apparently, his original gamer tag was Miso Dizzy. (laughs) He's Asian, so everybody always thinks he's named after Miso Soup, but he's like, no, it's just my gamer tag, Miso Dizzy. That's funny, man. Yeah, I game every now and then. I like some Halo. That's pretty much all I play. I love... uh, I just love when you kill two people, and the guy comes over, and he's like, Double kill. <laughs> You're like, yes! <laughs> I mean, you just get fucking, it just gets you going, man. You just want to kill somebody else so you can hear him go, triple kill. I don't know what it is. Kill like the, prim- the primal instincts about Slayer. being a human. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. But you can, I try not to play video games as funny as they are just because I know that I don't have a future uh, in pro gaming. Um, <laughs> not with that attitude. Yeah, I feel like I just. I feel like the younger kids just have a jump start. And oh, no man, that kid can... who won the Fortnite World Championship was like 17. He won $3 million. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to be able to get in there. So uh, as much fun as it is, whenever I'm playing, I feel like, oh, man, I could be like working on music right now, you know? And it's like I feel guilty about it. And so not a good use of your time if you're playing for the full eight hours like I wish I was um, playing Halo because I really could like I don't get bored like if you sit me down right now and you say hey you're on vacation you don't have anything to do I'll play eight hours I may have had one of those days today I don't even care yeah yeah no that's uh that's a yeah yeah that'd be awesome um yeah no that's one of the reasons that i don't play games is because i get way too wrapped up in it and i will just lose so many hours but you know having said that i'm super excited for the um the final fantasy 7 remake that's coming out because that's like so much nostalgia for games are so big now though i bet that game's going to be so big even if you were to play it eight hours every day it would probably take you uh, maybe a lifetime to really like go through all the nooks and right it is now Mm -hmm. It's like games are just how to control. They have games where the you'll never go through all of it, right? Which, I mean, that's a, another podcast for another day, actually. I really enjoy talking about that shit, but um, I kind of want to stay focused on the music right now because I'll I've, go into a, 
a cybernetic wormhole here, and <laughs> we'll be talking about that for days. Right, I'm sure you've right. probably. Well, yeah. I mean, to switch it back to to music a little bit. So instead of you know playing games, is that what you did with your your day to day? I might have okay. a little bit. So I did fire up Ableton I, for like okay, an hour. Yeah. So <laughs> I spent. I took. I took today off work. So I had some uh, vaca- vacation to kill, and I literally sat on my computer uh, working on a master for this track I've been working on. Like all it's a day. banger. Like you were mastering it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Ableton, mm-hmm. like how do you? What do you have? Do you use Ozone or something? Yeah, I've got Ozone, but honestly, I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly what my workflow is going to be with it, um, because Ozone is awesome, but it wasn't really getting me like the loudness level that I wanted. Um, I can it, tell you this: a lot of the loudness comes from the mix. Um, but yeah, you can get loudness from other things. Sorry, but I've actually just been really researching. Um, mixing for mastering lately, which is why mm-hmm. I just totally just like cut you off right there because I saw a guy do a tutorial just the other day actually, and he took a song that he made and he made it sound exactly like the master at the same volume. It was the same exact thing, but one of them was mixed properly and was one of them wasn't, uh, and they were literally the same thing at the same level. And the one that was not mixed properly, he just wasn't able to get it to the same loudness as the one that wasn't right, mixed properly. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so I wasn't running into that, but I was more running into the this uh, like preconception that I had that like yeah, I can't let anything like get over you know zero dB. Um, but I have heard that before about ozone that you can't. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I just like was playing around with ozone for like hours and hours, and I was like, okay, well, let me, what if I just throw some limiters on these channels and crank up the gain. And I got a better product out of that with, you know, 15 minutes than I did playing in Ozone all day. So, you know, I got to I gotta get back in on some, like, tutorials or something with it. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely see the value in it. It just wasn't getting me to where I needed to get mm-hmm. in any sort of time that I needed to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's too much shit to know, really. But that's cool you're diving in. How long have you been um, producing for now? Um, I started producing about uh, – two years ago but you know there's been on and off um you know the first three months i was you know spending a ton of time learning and then you know in that very beginning phase is like you get like a little discouraged because you're like you know at least for me personally i have this like certain expectation of you know whether it's djing or production when somebody hears something that's reflective of me or even you know sunday swerve um that i have a certain quality standard that i expect and so after, you know, a few months in Ableton, I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere close. And so, you know, I took a little bit of a break and then uh, came back in. But, uh, I mean, I've probably been actually like spending regular amounts of time in Ableton for, you know, a year to a year and a half over the last two years. But mm-hmm. What kind of music? Um, what BPM? Oh, I mean, right now... Um, you know, I w- I'm making music that I'd like want to play if I were to go play a show. So, um, 130, 145, 150, um, you know, th- there's honestly, I, I, BPM doesn't really matter. It's about the, the vibe of the, tra- the track, but mm-hmm. most of the music that I like and I could, uh, work my music into in terms of, you know, curating a set would be, you know, in those tempo ranges. So are you going by Jason Wilmont? Is that your... Stage name? Uh, no. It's hard to tell what his name is. Uh, okay, I see you. I see you. Um, yeah, my my artist name is uh, hard to tell. Hard the number two, and then tell all one word. Um, 
that came about because I've always like said it's hard to tell like is a almost like dummy response to anything so it's like somebody asks me a question i don't know the makes answer. sense like what just, type of music do you play ah, it's, hard to, it's tell. hard to tell right right and so you know i got to see that come full circle when i was playing a, a show some of my friends were out in the crowd and uh i see you keep looking over there i'm sorry i'm admiring no, okay. the collection of right? your music no i saw like, i saw some that Tupac is up there I was that stuff is cool that. but my uh, the stuff to admire is over there <laughs> right oh i didn't that. even notice that. That, that old shit that is probably that was my allowance for my whole life basically i've until, got like, some computer wax in the back of my car right now <laughs> i'm trying to rip it onto my computer that would be really cool if uh, one day there was like a um like a household i think there actually is this jamie you might want to look this up i'm curious how much it costs like a a do-it-yourself vinyl maker like you make a track and you just press it to vinyl like in your home I, that would be kind of cool if you had like a take your own record crates out there and you know, it'd be cheaper that way, I guess. You just have to buy the wax. Um, that's kind of cool. I like the old days of the music with no Shazam because DJs were more... Uh, <coughs> uh, Had to dig through crates. Yeah, just like maybe a little bit more unique. I mean, DJs for sure are still very unique, but uh, a lot of it is uh, a little oversaturated too. Um, but when you're having to get these white label vinyls, you know, it's like you go see that DJ and he's playing records that no one, for sure no one has. But now that produce, producing music is so much easier and more prevalent, now it's easier to produce and it's kind of like almost getting back to that kind of way. It's actually very like producer oriented these days. It's really tough to make it just uh, DJing. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I agree with that. That's why entirely. I've recently started picking up production. I was like, if I ever want to make it musically, I have to produce. Jamie, too. She's uh, uh, a. How long have you been producing now, Jamie? Uh, a little under a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys got any? She just got some nice Christmas what you, goodies. What'd you get for Black Friday? She got Nexus, Nexus 3. Nexus 3. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys get any Black Friday deals, plug ins? Might have spent <laughs> stupid money on Osun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't get anything. Uh, you know, because piggybacking on uh, there just being so much to do even within, you know, just Ozone. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I haven't made use of everything and learned enough with the, like, Ableton native tools and Ozone and uh, Serum that I really could warrant spending more money on something that I need to learn. You said you got the Apollo Twin? Mm-hmm. That's where the magic is, man, inside of those UADs? Yep. Woo! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do have those the plugins that came with those. Here, yeah. Man. All right, yeah, let's see it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, I I didn't spend any any money on uh, any production stuff. I did buy a few uh, things to support Sunday Swerve, some uh, additional battery chargers because a yeah, few yeah. of ours got some water spilled on them. Um, and then uh, I got another wireless uh, tra- HDMI transmitter for us. So. Um, that was about the, the extent. I just didn't really feel like even outside of music, there was that many like great deals. So I just mm-hmm. held on to my money this year. <laughs> totally. So, I mean, so like what's next for you guys? I, I can see like if it was me doing this, I would see so many other opportunities outside of just the streaming. Like the streamings are building and building. And I feel like now you guys are even getting probably a lot of viewership outside of Atlanta. Um, Our second... So it's weird. Our second biggest city is Denver, but our second biggest country is Peru. It's great. But that's only because we had long, like one hardstyle producer from Peru one time, and now we have a regular audience from Peru. It's yeah, fucking awesome. 
Yeah, and just keep it, the consistency. Like, if you just keep doing it every Sunday, you just watch. It's going to only just grow and grow. And then you can, I mean, do stuff like fucking apparel and then do your own shows. Like, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I think the end goal is doing shows at some point. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are some of our next uh, steps for sure is, um, you know, doing some merchandising. Uh, like to get involved in, you know, maybe like some interviews with artists that come through um and you know uh interviews you better not man yeah. that's my character, <laughs> we'll bring them over here too yeah we'll, yeah, we'll send yeah. them your way right, I, hey go. this this is your your world <laughs> I'll, I'll handle the live stream for the for the artist but um but yeah that merchandise uh curating our own events i know that um we're working on some uh collaborative events with uh envision arts I'm, i don't know if you're familiar with them i'm not um, actually i'm very unfamiliar with a lot of shit some stuff you guys have said so far i'm just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i got yeah, you that exists. Um, but uh envision arts they they've been throwing shows uh at uh aisle five a lot mm-hmm. um where is aisle five anyways i can't believe smack it. dab in the middle of little five yep okay yeah and so uh freddie daniel daniel and david are the guys that run that they're super super awesome people they've been bringing uh so great some great talent here to atlanta they've been um, messing with us from pretty much the start Atlanta's yeah the, big man yeah, it's big yeah it's awesome yeah There's so many little like crews of mm-hmm. people so it's kind of clicky, but that's fine. It's that's just human nature, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that honestly, that's like a lot of the reason that you know we're kind of started to walk on our own path is because I'm I'm not really a huge fan of like that that clickiness. Like, I, I, and I feel like the the guys with like Envision Arts or you know a lot of like Forty Ounce Collective, a lot of these guys are are just like cool, good people. Like, it doesn't matter if I've you know been fucking with you for you know a year or a month if you're good people like you know like you just you. feel like fam mm-hmm. and and that's like something that i love uh, to death but we're actually um going to be doing something um with envisioned arts in january kind of a, a private event well maybe not private event for a first charity, charity event. event charity event cool. um so i don't know if i can talk about details of i don't that, know if we I'm can su- yet yeah but i'm <laughs> super excited about it it's gonna be cool just mark your calendar for January 26th. Cool. January 26th. Mark it up. Do we hit everything here? Can you get some more? Um Yeah, I think you know, I think I think I basically went through one way or another. I, I I've talked about everything that I had kind of noted here. Um Yeah. Sweet. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys do. Um I'm excited to support you guys. I'm going to put the link to your show in the bio here. Uh, if you guys are just watching this on Facebook, you can also check us out on iTunes. If you're just listening to us on iTunes, we're also on YouTube and Facebook. We're going to get into a lot more, um, platforms, but for now, we're just going to stick to this. Uh, we have big plans for this podcast. I mean, we're talking virtual reality, Oculus. Like, I heard you talk about yeah, that yeah. a few times. That yeah. sounds amazing. It's going down for sure, uh, 100%. We just got to kind of like surf our way there. We, we can't be like, oh, yeah, we're a virtual reality podcast now, you know? And it's like you got to yep. ride that wave um, like you guys are doing. So Got to get the audience there. To- yeah. Yeah, don't spread too thin. Well, I'm excited. Um, keep me posted on when you guys are actually playing. I want. I like going out and supporting people and just listening to music, man. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Um, I'm a little like. I, I started. I got into music through dance. You know, I would be the dude with the 
baggy pants and the wristbands and the that would go out there and just like you know bust windmills on the. We, dance we talking floor. like some jinkos or? Oh, I was talking <laughs> to jinkos back in the back in the back in the back in the day. I mean, only for a brief period of time, but yes, I did own a pair. Um, but now looking back, it's like wow, holy shit! Jeans like the jean trends just went like this, and then just it, as the time went on, I'm not wearing skinny like, jeans right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But as I was saying, like, now I'm a little bit out of the middle of the dance floor. Now I'm, like, I'm the dude that's still out at every show, but now I'm, like, playing cards in the back, just, like, just nodding my head just to the good music because you never know what you hear out, and you're experiencing it in, on an awesome sound system, and then, you know, anything could happen. It's just really fun. Right. It just costs I'll, a lot. <laughs> I always feel like it's a relativity. Yeah, yeah between how new you are into the scene and how yeah. close you are to the rail. Totally. And my freaking wife, Joanna, who you guys met, is always, like, front row. And I'm like, hey, we really have to go into this mix right now. It's like, don't you love me? <laughs> totally. But uh, thanks, guys, for coming on. I think this was awesome. Check them out, Sunday Swerve. We got Jason Wilmont, a.k.a. Hard to Tell, and Thin Wings. A.k.a. That? Strawberry. Strawberry. I like it. It's kind of like strawberry, but it's not. You know? It's not. It's, it's that Dirty weird, South Strawberry. That experimental <laughs> shit. But anyways, this was fun, man. Thanks, you guys. We'll have you back. Peace out.